Security? We don't need no stinking security. My Mac Podcast 308. You're listening to the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. And welcome, welcome, welcome. It's got to be, it just has to be, the MyMac.com podcast number 308. And yeah, I'm not... You got, yeah, you got that one right. That's right. Finally. <laughs> this is the second <laughs> second try. Uh, I've got Gaz with me again. Thank the Lord. He is he is not you know overseas working. He's not on vacation. He's here in studios, sort Good of. Good evening. Good evening. <laughs> yeah, I'm here. It's me. I'm <laughs> well, back. You're there. I'm here. Anything and, else going on? <laughs> well, yes, kinda, kinda. I mean, I, you know, I've got all sorts of little tidbits with my Mac Mini. Saga, well, now hold on a second. I, yeah, I thought that you had uh, gotten that all straightened out. That you were. Uh, well, yeah, it's a little story which I suppose we can go into. But let's 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 first of all um, do a little bit of uh, house housekeeping. Oh, as they okay. Call it, shall we? Um, we're still looking for people to come on the show. So if you've got any interest at all, um, send us an email. Uh, you can send uh, Guy an email at guy at mymac.com. You can send me an email at gaz at mymac.com. You can contact either of us on Twitter. Uh, Guy is twitter.com forward slash MacParrot. Hey, that's my job. Uh, I am twitter.com forward slash Gazmaz. You can also send an email to feedback at mymac.com or you can call the Skype number. Please call the Skype number. (laughs) Please, please. 703-436-9501. That is, I mean, Um, that phone number has cobwebs on it, Gaz. <laughs> Absolutely. So, call the and damn then, number. <laughs> I paid for you, it. You, you could contact us on any of those, uh, um, any of those methods for anything, really. But yep. especially, especially if you'd like to come on, uh, we would love to have have you guys on the show. And and you know, and, and you know, it's not like we're gonna you know grill you and and you know, well, you know, we're, we're podcasters not. and and we're you're not. not. No, 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 no. We're we're oh. we're relatively friendly. Suppose we're well, friendly. relatively, <laughs> sort of. We're we're sort of friendly. Yeah. Gaz yeah. has Gaz has had his shots. Okay, <laughs> I haven't tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, real quick, let's go over. Uh, let's let's go over what's new at the <laughs> the the mymac dot uh, website, our our parent site, and then we're going to get yeah. into some of the stuff with your with your ever some somewhat working Mac Mini. Yeah, well, can you believe it? The first, the first article that I'm going to talk about on the MyMac.com podcast uh, website is Total Finder Beta 0.9.6, and that's by some guy called Guy Searle. I've heard of him. He sucks. <laughs> yeah, you know, so, it's weird. That's like the first thing I've written, I think, um, since January, you know, since Macworld. You mean you, mean you can write? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, if I if I really, really concentrate, I, I've got it, and I, I have to use two fingers. It's like G U Y. Look for the S. S 
E. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Moving on. Guys. Moving, Moving on. on. <laughs> uh, the, the next story at the MyMac.com site is a uh, review of a book called How Wikipedia Works, and that's by Neil Monks. And the next one is by uh, John Nemo, our good friend. He's uh, it's another book. Um, it's called the Photoshop CS5 Pocket Guide. Um, so go over and take a look at that one. And another one by John Nemo. He is a writing fool. He does two reviews. Uh, one is the G Drive mobile hard drive from G Technology. This is a 500 gigabyte uh, portable FireWire USB. So you know it's got two interfaces. 500 gigabyte drive for about 150 bucks. He gave it a great review, nine out of ten of a mymac.com rating. And he also does a uh, a MacBook Pro battery review by True. I'm sorry, it's called the True Power. It's by FastMac. It's about 100 bucks. And he really, really liked this battery. Gave it a 10 out of 10. Excellent. Well done, John. Yeah. Prolific, Mister oh, Prolific. I oh yeah. I, I wish I had the time to write. It, you know, I, 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 and that's really how I got started at, at my Mac was just writing, you know, and, uh, we actually have some, some new writers coming on. If you want to write for mymac.com, really all you have to do is send an email to, uh, just, you know, send an email to feedback at mymac.com with, with maybe a, uh, uh, an example of some of your writing and, and maybe you can join the mymac.com family. Superb. Yep. So, getting back to your problems with your Mac Mini. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you remember, but last week I was actually recording on the MacBook. Oh yeah, the Mac, I remember the Mac Mini. I was actually trying to restore um, the Mac Mini as we were speaking. Well, I think from memory, because uh, I didn't exactly write this down, and it's something which I'm not really very good at is following the process. <laughs> <laughs> Some, sometimes I try and cheat a little bit. Anyway, so um, directions it, are an issue. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I think it failed, um, so I had to start again. Oh! And so I basically just reinstalled. I think I did a com- a complete new uh, install. So what I did was, I, it because it failed, I decided to boot up from the clone that I'd got um, of. I think it was before we went away on holiday, and then got into disutility um, and did a complete clean of the hard drive. Uh, the internal hard drive. Oh, so you just wiped it. You just wiped it clean. Yeah, I was a little bit concerned that the actual hard drive itself was uh, was going a bit dodgy. But uh, I did. Um, I've got. Oh, now I'm going to got to try and remember the the name of the application I've got now. Um, oh, you you didn't talk. do it. You didn't use uh, Apple's disk utility to wipe it, or was there some no, other program no, you used? No, to check no, I it? use I use the uh, disk utility to to wipe it, but I use Drive Genius just to do a quick check on the drive. Oh, that's that's good software. Drive. Yeah, so I did a quick check on the drive to make sure it was okay, and it came back. All the results came back good. So the hard obviously something not nothing wrong with the hard drive. So I di- I did basically an install of just Snow Leopard, um, direct from Snow Leopard, and then imported from the clone that I'd got, the users. Mm-hmm. And I think I think I've got a preference or an application somewhere that's not behaving properly Uh-oh. because I still don't think that uh, my setup is quite right. Well, what's I'm it back doing? up and running. Well, and you're, you're on that tonight, right? Yeah, I'm on the mini tonight. It's working okay, but I occasionally, sometimes when I boot up, um, I log into my account. This doesn't seem to happen on the other user's account, so I'm pretty certain I've got something 
wrong somewhere in my profile. But sometimes I've got four gig of RAM in there. And yeah, it's maxed I've, out. It's maxed out, yeah. Uh, and <laughs> the memory usage will occasionally, when I just go straight in, without actually running anything other than, well, there are a number of menu bar items, but yeah. nothing you know too heavy, it'll snap straight up to 2.7 gig of RAM usage. Just not doing anything at all. Just not doing just anything at all. Running the finder. Now, yeah, and I've tried. I've tried to find out what is you know what's using it, and it, it, it you know I go into a, a activity monitor, and it's it's not really very clear what's actually using that memory straight away, and the machine does go fairly slow. But if I do a reboot, you know, a restart, and go back into my account, it'll be just using just over a gig with everything I'm using, which you know I can live with, and that's reasonable. Uh, and then I start opening my applications, and it'll perhaps pop up to about anywhere. And it runs anywhere between about 1,700, 1.7 gig, and about 2 gig with, you know, three or four apps that have often got open, including iTunes. Well, isn't isn't uh, there a way to use Terminal to uh, kind of see what yeah, some of the background yeah, processes are? I think are? it's going to console. Um, I'm, I'm too lazy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I hate when it. that happens. <laughs> I have gone in there to try and find it, but then, you know, the problem is, Guy, I, I, I'm, I'm having to rely then on other people's goodwill to tell me what's, you know, what's wrong. Right. And I know what I should do. I know exactly what I should do, and it's a matter of time. What I should do is do a complete reinstall, install the apps one by one, wow, uh, and do it properly um, to make sure that, you know, I've got everything up and running and, and clean out the, the rubbish that I'm obviously not using. Well, how but many, it's... how many apps do you, do you currently have? I mean, I, I know I look at my applications. For oh, I've got loads like, of yeah. apps. The problem is how many am I actually using? That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would agree with, I mean, uh, I think both you and I have gone to some of these, you know, these bundle deals and gotten like, it's like, Oh, look yeah. at this 12 apps for, you know, 65 cents. Yeah. But the problem yeah. is then you yeah. try, you know, there'll be like one or two that you, that you use more than once. And the rest of them are kind of like, well, it's a good app, but I just don't need it. But you don't take it off. You just, no, that's you just right. leave it there. That's right. But I mean, with, you know, with, um, Unix app, um, underbelly, it really, because you've got an app sitting there, it shouldn't really be affecting you. No, it's just you taking know, up like, space. Like on the Windows side, you, you know, you've got your registry, so they'll be putting all sorts of rubbish into your registry, which, you know, you, you really need a bit of a clean up on your registry occasionally. Uh, well, on XP, that's where I got up to anyway. Um, I think it's pretty much still the same that the app still put into the registry, I yes. think. But it, no, no, but, it does. Uh, it still does with Windows 7. And, and, and on, you know, with the Mac, they're, they're almost their standalone beast. I know that's not entirely the case, but, you know, in most cases. So I think I've got a preference or something somewhere which I've obviously messed up. It's it it's I think it's down to me having installed something and I've not cleaned it out properly or I'm I'm not running it quite correctly. So yeah, well, it it, it sounds like you really do need to kind of go into console and, and you know see what's running in it. Now, yeah, do, do you I, have I any apps that, that it's that, time? That, it's time though, guy. It is time. Yeah. It's just time to sit there and and you know because you get those that piece of information from console and you you have got to filter through it a little bit if you don't know what you're looking for. I mean, those people like that know me. what they're looking for, they'll probably find it straight away. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> be like, I oh, will, there it is. I'm all done. I'll, Going to bed now. But you know, at the moment, it's fine. It's fine, absolutely yeah. running fine. And, you know, perhaps sometimes iTunes uh, runs a bit slow. But I'll tell you with iTunes, what it doesn't like is uh, if it's accessing its library and the library is on a hard drive which is nearly full, iTunes does not like that at all. 
Mm. Well, you know, because I've got a a one terabyte drive, you know, external from my computer mm. that that I have all of my my iTunes stuff on, and I think I'm currently at about 820 gigs of you know usage on it, and I'm starting to get nervous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, let, let me rephrase what I just said. My iTunes doesn't like a full hard drive, which has got its, you know, where its media is. Um, you know, I, I may be corrected by people to say, well, hang on, Gary, you know, you can have a full hard drive and it'll work properly. Certainly my iTunes, when my media um, data, which is on a separate, much like you, it's on a separate drive, yeah. that, is, that is close to capacity. I mean, we're talking one or two gigs left. Wow, um, really? And it, that's yeah, that's yeah. not and good. <laughs> no, it's not good. It's not good. And I need to the problem is that um that drive is actually my time capsule drive. Well, you um, can't even do a time capsule backup if your drive is that full. <laughs> this could take some time to explain. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll I'll run through it and people can uh, lambast me as much as they like. Damn you, Gary! <laughs> what I've got is my time capsule machine, okay, mm-hmm. which I use as the media center, so that multiple Macs can hit that time capsule and grab the media. Right. From the time capsule hanging off that, I've got a couple of USB hard drives. Ah, ah okay. Okay, you. and those are where I actually point my time machine backups to go to. So I've got a couple of hard drives, which, in fact, I've got one large hard drive, which um, the time machine hangs off the back of the time capsule, and that's where the time machine does its backups to. Works okay, fine. all right, I and, understand and the, now. And, and the time capsule itself has got the media on it. That media is actually backed up to another hard drive, which hangs off um, the time capsule itself. So all of that media is backed up. Now, the time capsule is a 500 gig, and I'm at about 497. Oh. Ooh. And uh, iTunes doesn't... The, the, it, occasionally, it doesn't like the fact that there's not a lot of room left. So what I've got to do is either buy a new time capsule or change where I've got the media onto another hard drive that's hanging off it and use the time capsule for what... Uh, Apple would like me to really use it for, <laughs> <laughs> um, or um, I go into the time capsule itself and upgrade the hard drive, which is something I've been thinking about doing. However, <laughs> the store doesn't that get a little dangerous? Ah, uh, no, I'm not worried about doing that. I'm quite okay. happy to have a go at doing that. I've seen plenty of videos. I've seen, you know, I'm, I'm quite happy to have have a go at it. Um, however. The story thickens in so much as the time capsule I've got is one of those with the um, the dodgy power connectors. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. And if it goes, then Apple will replace it if but it they, goes. But yeah, but they won't replace it unless it does. Correct. But uh. if I go in there, change the hard drive, and then the power goes, they'll say, I'm not replacing that. You've been in there, Miss Monsieur Gazmaz. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm in a bit of a dilemma. And it's my own fault. <sighs> hands up. Hands up. Shoot All my me, fault. Shoot, shoot me now. Shoot me. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, man. So yeah. there you go. You see, you wasn't expecting that, was you? No, no. I, I, ju- I just think about a hard drive with, you know, a, a 500 
gigabyte hard drive with three gigs left on it. <laughs> and that just that just makes me shiver in my seat. It really does. Yeah. Doesn't make me nervous. Well, really. Oh, really? It doesn't make you nervous at all. Okay. Um, we've got a couple of topics that we're going to talk about. Uh, and uh, you know what? I, I think we need to take a, a quick, quick break. Yep. And when we come back, we're going to talk about security on the back. So Ooh. stand by to stand by. We'll be right back. This is no time for celebration. This is no time for shaking hands. This is no time for backslap. For Queen and Country. The G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. Okay, and welcome back to MyMac.com podcast. And now we are going to be talking about security on the Mac. Yeah. Well, I feel... I feel secure, Guy. How about you? <laughs> well, for the most part, OS X <laughs> is secure. Now, you know, if you're on a Mac, you typically don't have to worry about, you know, the, the, the drive-by vulnerabilities that earlier versions of Window has, Windows uh, has had. Do they still? Well, I guess uh, occasionally yeah. there are still some problems along those lines. But, yeah, 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 it's just a bit. But um, not like it, it used to be. I mean, it used no, not, to be well, really no, bad. Well, it's funny. I think they're actually going through a bit of a resurgence on the Windows at the moment. Um, but as I far think, as viruses go? Yeah, because they, they, they seem to be, I think they're attacking much more than just, you know, your passerby and your everyday user. They seem to be specifically attacking businesses and the networks. It, it was funny because today there was a guy um, who sits quite close to me at work that he opened a website and he said he, he shouted my name and I said what's up now because I seem to be the you know the local tech help as we don't have any IT, IT specialist right. on site and he was opening a, a website that was all in Chinese with some very spurious uh, looking um, uh, pictures across the top um, and I, 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 said, I won't ask why he was going to a Chinese website <laughs> well, he wasn't. And that's the thing. He did. He's a fairly, you know, he's one of these guys that is, he's fairly careful. I, you know, I give him his dues. He do, he doesn't normally, you know, have any problems. He's not normally clicking around hither and thither. He's uh, um, a pretty clean guy when it comes right. to that sort of thing. So, you know, either he's been sent something or, you know, he's clicked on something on a site which has now got him there. So I set the home page to, you know, what it should be uh, the, to the company's home page. Shut shut it down. Uh, and then opened it again, and it still went directly to this um, oh, this particular website. That's, so I said, that's I, said that's out of, I said, that's out of my hands. I'm afraid you're going to have to ring tech help, and they're going to have to take control of the machine and sort you out. So, but again, and I've heard things. Now, wait you know, a second. From, you, got, you guys just upgraded to Windows 7, didn't you? Not yet. Not yet. No, it's uh, coming up very soon. Okay, so you're still on soon. XP we're, then? We're still going through the process. Yeah, still XP, okay. but he's got, he's got um, IE7. However, we are talking about security on the Mac, and but my, I, I suppose my point was that I, I still don't see too much um, on the Mac. However, there are reports, you know, um, and there are Trojans out there that people have got be, got to be aware of. Right. And I and I think we're just 
you know, we're just going to become a bigger and bigger target. The more Mac users there are out there, the yeah. more likelihood of um, somebody taking a liking to the numbers that they could possibly, you know, get with uh, yeah. hitting the Mac on a Trojan. And or most, a, of, a, most of the problems that people are going to have as far as, um, you know, malware goes is going to be along the, the, the same lines as what really the the prevalent problems on Windows is. It's not so much anymore, anyway, the operating system or holes in the operating system. No. It's right. users downloading something they shouldn't download or, you know, going ahead and, you know, clicking on... on a PDF file because I know that there's some there's some vulnerabilities with well, Adobe yeah, was, software. I was, right I was now. just going to say actually it, it's not only you know user um, uh, insecurity because that's very often what it comes down to, but it's also some of these third party applications. You know, as you say, um, some, there's some holes in the PDF process, and uh, yeah. I know that Adobe have been patching like crazy recently to try and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's kind of hard for them to uh, to come out and say, well, you should have Flash on the iPhone when they can't even keep PDF secure. Mm, yeah, I think that's a little bit disgenuous, to be honest with you. Um, you know, they're two slightly different things. Oh yeah, um, but I, I love I love to jump so, around like that. Well. <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. Um, but yeah, I mean, there are holes there, but there are holes in lots of other third-party software, which, uh, you know, you do have to be a little bit careful of. Okay, um, well, let, real quick, let's talk about, you know, in your opinion, how would somebody get a either a virus or a Trojan uh, in OS X? Well, I don't think there are, and I think there are still no proven viruses for the Mac at right. this stage. But the Trojan, really, it, it comes down to you being sent something by somebody that you either don't know or even someone that you do know that's, you know, um, been infected themselves and moving it on to you. And then you clicking that link and generally going to a website and okaying something. Very often what happens is, obviously, you'll get a download for something and you have to okay the download right. where you have to press OK on a website or within an application that's been infected. Right. And, um, and, and enter your password. And then generally enter your password. That's why very often it's, it's best to actually run as a, a non-administrator, which is what I tend to do. I tend to have a, another user, which is the administrator, which has got all of the rights. Um, that's, that's often a, a good way to try and help yourself uh, in not getting infected and not getting too damaged if you do get something. But it's still fairly rare on the Mac, certainly. Yeah. You know, it, it's weird. I've got uh, – there's a, a woman who I've known for – probably most of my life and she discovered she discovered facebook and <laughs> yeah talk about okay and uh she sends me you know she, she knows that that i'm into and i'm using quotes here computers more than she is and she sent me this this uh this thing on facebook basically saying oh there's this there's this huge virus and you have to be really careful when you click on it and i took a look at it and, you know, she's on Windows and I'm on a Mac, but it, it generally comes down to the same thing where you you click on this link, it takes you to a site, and then you cl you have to click on something else. And then either in Windows or on uh, OS X, you have to enter in your administrative password in order for yeah. it to, to do anything. So I sent her back a, uh, a little message saying, you know, you uh, unless you're like incredibly 
you know, stupid and <laughs> you just have to have this new set of emoticons or, you know, whatever it is that, that they're claiming that they're, they're going to give you. If you just enter in your administrative password, it isn't something that you really have to worry about. But on that, on that same note, there are, I mean, like it, I remember back when, when iLife 09 first came out, there was, yeah, and and iLife O nine. I'm sorry, I work. I'm just, I'm talking about I work. I work O nine is was relatively inexpensive. It's seventy nine dollars for the whole thing. But there are people who don't want to pay for anything, so they they went to the BitTorrent sites, and there was supposedly a complete iLife O nine download. So, you know, they would they would download it and then they oh, come yes, to find out. That. Yeah, you remember yeah, this? Remember this. Yeah, come to yeah. find out that it was actually it was actually malware. So you would try to install it, you'd type in your administrative password, and the next thing you know, you're infected. Not good. No, no, it's not good. So, you know, really if you're going to download software, your best bet is if if you can't afford it. Go and find, you know, go to like MacUpdate.com or VersionTracker.com. Chances are you can find some software that's very, very similar to the more expensive, you know, version that you are looking at and get it from there and spend a little less money. Not Maybe not have the same type of functionality, but you know you're getting it from a site that isn't going to download some kind of garbage into your system. Like, you know, because yeah. you, you have no idea where these files are coming from when when you get them from BitTorrent. And being, being being cheap is cheap until it costs you. Yeah, and it'll cost, you know, if if you know, let let's talk about what are some of the consequences if you do get infected. Uh if you install it, you could end up giving complete control of your computer and every single bit of information including, you know, credit card information, your passwords to things like Amazon.com and travel sites and online banking. If you do that online, you know, and this is all stuff you keep on your computer. And, you know, chances are a lot of people that have recently converted over to OS 10 thinking that, well, I don't have to worry about viruses and I don't have to worry about malware if I go to the Mac. Well, y you still kind of do, you know, there is, yeah, there yeah, is no I, I, substitute for using your head. When, ever vigilant, yeah. ever vigilant. Ever I mean, vigilant. I, 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 I received an email the other day, which was from Amazon.com, confirming my um, my order. And now, it, obviously, your first your first reaction is either to click on the order or click on the link that they give you. And this email, I looked through it really closely, and I thought that is a good email. That is a very good email. But I knew that I hadn't ordered anything, and I thought I ain't clicking on the link because I know what it's going to do. And one of the things they do is they ask you to, there seems to have been a problem, reconfirm your password or username yeah. and password. And that's when they've got you. So if you know that you haven't or you don't remember ordering anything, don't click on the link. What I did was just to make sure for, um, for my own peace of mind was I went separately to Safari and I typed in Amazon or went to the link that I've got for Amazon, signed into the Amazon website, and had a look at recent orders. And guess what? Sure enough, there were no recent orders there. Yep. Now, the other thing that, you know, if you get an email from, from anyone, you know, from a bank, supposedly from a bank, uh, from Amazon.com or whatever, they have a link there. eBay, all of those. Yeah, all of them. Uh, 
the the first if you're not sure where it's from you can you can kind of check the link by by moving your cursor just over the link and a little pop-up window will show up and show you exactly what that you know where that link is going and for legitimate sites like your bank like amazon like expedia.com you know or or wherever somewhere in the header of that link number one it's going to be chances are it's going to be a secure link so you're looking at h T-T-P-S. S. Not just H-T-T-P, which is what you typically see that the S stands for, secure. <laughs> now, how secure it is is a whole other story, but you know, I don't want to get into that right now. But, but, but one of the things definitely, Guy, is, is probably not to try and trust. Even if you still... Even if you think it looks good, it's still sometimes better just to use the links that you know you've got in your uh, in your favorites, or if you type in the website address, right? You know, uh, with the you know you type it in directly into the um, the address bar, um, or you've got it in your uh, in your favorites, etc. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's still best to just use that rather than even if you if you're at all unsure. And you're still not sure from, you know, even ha- taking a look the way you've just mentioned, type the address in and go there and, and check. Yeah, use, check yeah use the links that you know are good, that you know are true, that mm. that that you can be reasonably sure. You know, and these are usually, you'll have them in, in your uh, your bookmarks or something along those lines. But, you know, any email you get from from wherever and i mean it's not just it's not just guys in in nigeria anymore trying to to get your information and you know telling you that you've just won you know 10 gazillion dollars in the south african you know uh uh football lottery or what yeah i i won the other day actually uh what what did it say it was telling me that I'd won some lottery and that I'd got to go to this link and or, or not even go to the link, but I'd got to respond and they'd got to confirm some um, uh, some bank details so they yeah. could transfer the funds. Well, you know what cracks me up about those is you'll you know, you'll say you'll get these emails and they'll say, well, you need to contact so and so at uh, Bank of America or you know the First Nigerian Bank or whatever, and they have a Gmail or Yahoo <laughs> email account. It's like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe it's just me, but I have a feeling <laughs> that most banks use their own email systems and don't use Gmail or Yahoo yeah. or Hotmail or any of those other ones. That, I mean, that's a good sign you, right there that something's yeah, yeah, a little absolutely. dodgy. Absolutely. I mean, the, the ones, the ones, those ones are easy. Those ones that are too good to be true are too good to be true exactly they're the easy ones and normally the english on them is dreadful yeah um and when you're reading it please sir read this now you know you think god bless you yeah yeah um but it's those ones like that amazon one that i received you know it took me a long I, i had a long hard look at this email um, and it was it was really good. It was really good. So you do have to be careful. Well, but did did you check have... did you check the link like like how I said where you kind of hover mm, over it? Mm, no, no. Basically, I went to Google to check my own account and then just deleted them straight away. Um, one thing that both I think Firefox and Safari does. I don't know about Chrome because I don't use it, but they've now now got some sort of uh, green confirmation. Uh, let me go to eBay while we're talking. Sure. Um, and in Safari, certainly, when you when you're signing on uh, into into eBay, uh, in Safari it comes up 
next to the refresh icon, which is in the address bar, um, it actually comes up with eBay dot uh, eBay Inc. in green. Now I think Firefox actually does something the other side from memory. I don't use Firefox anymore, and that is kind of the web site or sorry uh, safari and firefox telling you that you're on a good website but even then you've still got to be a little bit careful oh sure sure you you can't you can't just take a lot of this stuff for granted so you know i, I think we've probably beat this to death yeah you know basically you know again if if you get some kind of offer that looks too good to be true it's too it good is. to be true <laughs> you know download from known good websites like version tracker MacUpdate.com. If you're downloading software, make sure you're getting it, you know, supposedly direct from the company that's offering the software. Like if, if say, for example, you were going to get uh, Wiretap Anywhere, which is from um, um, unabashed plug here, Ambrosia uh, Software.com or SW.com. That download is going to have that in the very beginning of the header. That you know that that this is coming from AmbrosiaSW.com. Just be careful where you get your your software from. So coming up, you know what's coming up? It's not the dark side, is it? It is the dark side. <laughs> We're going to talk about how to run Windows. There was a comedian over here in the UK. <laughs> And he had a puppet, and it was it was called Spit the Dog. So that's what I'm doing. No, <laughs> Spit the Dog. No, no, no. That's I have to use Windows on at work. So yeah, I'm well, being, yeah, me too. I'm being a bit disgenuous. So. <laughs> well, coming up is how to run Windows on your Mac. Stand by to stand by. We'll be right back. back. The only reason to not listen is if you're sick. And we'll expect a note from your mother, the G-Men, on the MyMac.com podcast. Now I don't mind being a friend and showing a little bit of flavor. But Wednesday, Bugsley, Gomez, Festa, man, them some strange... And we're back. In this segment, we are going to talk about how to run Windows on your Mac. Now you're not you're not actually you're not actually running Windows on on uh, your Mac Mini, are you? No, no, I did um, uh, early on in my um, Mac career, mm-hmm. Apple Mac career. I I obviously not obviously, but I did try um, to run. Uh, actually, it was Windows two thousand, um, and I used. And, and this was uh, on your Intel Mac Mini. Now let me think. Yes, yes, it was the yes. Yes, it was on. It was actually on the um, the twenty four inch iMac that I had, uh, which was a two gigahertz machine, um, and I I use um, VirtualBox to actually run it because I I really wasn't sure whether I wanted to run Windows on the Mac, and there were some things which I knew I had to, um, but we kind of drifted away from it eventually, and I, I I yeah, so I ran it very briefly, but I don't have. I'm lucky enough not to have any applications which I need to run. Um, and I know that there are some people out there that have window applications, sure. uh, which are just not—they're just not 
able to get a Mac alternative, and they have to run Windows to to run those applications. Um, well, let's, let's, talk about, let's talk about let's talk about the the first one you just mentioned. Um, I, I didn't I actually had forgotten about this, and you reminded me of it. Thank you. Uh, like you said, VirtualBox. Now, yeah, over at virtualbox.org. Mm-hmm. And this is free, absolutely a- free. However, <laughs> yeah, it's it's the thing the thing with it. It's free, which is free is always good, but it's not got the bells and whistles that the other two applications that we're going to talk about has. And you you know you have to you have to dig just a little bit. It's pretty good. I mean, they they um, it's VirtualBox by Sun, but I think it's now Oracle. Yes, um, and it's currently free. I don't know whether it'll be a paid for application in the future. They do keep updating it. I think the last update was early August. Um, and you basically run this machine, you download it, and you run it on your machine, and then obviously you you start it up, and it will take you through the process of installing whichever. Um, operating system you want because it doesn't just run Windows. Obviously, it'll also work with um, Linux um, yeah. uh, operating systems. FreeBSD, several yep, others. Yep, yep. So, um, but it, it it does. You do have to concentrate a little bit when you're running it. Whereas the other applications, I think we're going to be talking about. Uh, I know for certain uh, do take a lot of the pain out of installing. Right. Um, certainly, Windows. Now, the the thing to remember with running it running Windows virtually on your Mac is it's it's not going to be super speedy depending on what type of, of Mac that you have. Now, I've got a 2.16 core. You know, it's about three to four years old. Core 2 Duo 24-inch iMac. And when I, I know, I, I've got VMware's uh, Fusion 3.1 on this machine and I've got Windows 7 Pro uh, running... In you know as a as a, a virtual machine from within Fusion, and how and much it, RAM have you got there? I've Go well, I've got four megs of RAM, four gigs. I'm sorry, yes, four. I do I do a tech podcast. Four 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 gigs of four gigs of yeah four yeah. megs of RAM. We That's could, how we, much I had yeah. in my in my Mac Plus for God's sake. <laughs> We could have got through that if you hadn't highlighted it. <laughs> I've got four gigs of RAM, and I know I know for certain that you know when you're installing these, it asks you how much of that RAM that you want to allocate to. Yeah. Um, well, to the to the virtual to the virtual to the machine. Virtual. Yeah, yeah. And you can you can actually uh, and with multiple core machines. Now, the more cores that you can assign to a, a virtual machine, you know, because th- there are more things than than just memory that's going to affect how well it runs. Um, yep. You know, OS X, I'm sorry, OS 10 and Windows are both multi-threaded. So if you can assign more cores, like now, obviously with a Core 2 Duo machine, uh, while I'm because I'm still running OS 10, I've only got you know so much processing power that I can assign to the virtual machine. So, you know, your, your, your mileage will vary, but you'll do much better on like some of the new i5 and i7, uh, quad core iMacs. And, you know, not to mention the, uh, uh, the Mac pros, which, you know, have so many cores that, you know, that they give them out like, like candy sometimes. Um, it does work. I wouldn't recommend it for, 
like really super graphic intensive games. I I, I actually just as a lark tried to run uh, Steam through it. Yeah, and it just it was it was a miserable experience. It really was not a lot of fun. Yeah, so, I do. I think I think you can do it, and you can run Windows on your machine. But what what people have got to remember is that if you're going to be using it under um, any uh, virtual uh, software, you're not only you're, you're going to have two operating systems asking your hardware for resources. Yes. So so you know don't expect great things unless you've got a top-notch machine which has got lots of memory and lots of uh, cpu power yep um but it can be done it yep. can be done and uh those uh, the two what are the two um software well there's software like i said there, the there's vm vmware's fusion which is at version 3.1 yep. and parallels 5 and roughly how much are they uh, well parallels uh it's a 59.99 upgrade from the previous version uh, no, I'm sorry. It's fifty nine ninety nine uh, out of the box. Uh, upgrades right. are forty nine ninety nine. VMware Fusion is now. This is kind of weird. Uh, VMware does this thing where you pay a certain price, either seventy nine ninety nine or ninety nine ninety nine. The seventy nine ninety nine price, and we're talking U.S. dollars here, doesn't include any upgrades from from what i've been able to try to figure out the 99 dollar version includes 12 months of upgrades which i i just find that really weird well i i I will say one thing that i think certainly over the last couple of years both of these applications have been coming out with improvements to their software yes um and i think it can be quite frustrating if um, if you know you suddenly see a feature which has come out on the new um, virtual software that you really could do with um, so you know being able to upgrade within certainly 12 months would be a good thing however from a mac software perspective it seems a little bit dis- you know it, it's it, a lot of the mac software they'll have versions and they'll you know improve it and, and improve it and allow those improvements to come down to your current software and then it's only when you get a major version change that's very often you have to obviously then pay for an upgrade. Right. So to pay up front for upgrades which may or may not be there, that's a little. Yeah, I can understand. I can understand your hesitancy on that one. Yeah, and if if you get the cheaper version, the 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 eighty dollar version. Yep. And there's and some you know some new uh, thing comes out that you really really want. In order to upgrade, you, you'll spend. Anywhere from uh, forty to sixty bucks. So if if you're using VMware Fusion and you know that you're going to want, <laughs> I want upgrades for this. You know, you go ahead and get the yeah. the hundred dollar version, which will at least give you twelve months of upgrades. Now, there's another cost that we have to kind of throw in here. Yeah, I was going to um, mention this. But... Yeah, uh, believe it or not, Microsoft is not a charity. <laughs> and it's not a charity. Folks. We're not a charity. They really like to get paid for their software. So uh, on t- if if you're doing if, if you're running Windows in a virtual box, you'll also have to buy some version of Microsoft Windows. Now there's there's if you don't already own, yeah, a, if you don't already own it, a license of course. Um, yeah. 
Now, I, I'm a real big fan. I, I use Windows XP at work, and, and it's okay. Uh, I did have the previous version of Vista, which also, you know, I mean, for all the all of the 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 bumps and grinds in the press that that Vista got, I, I didn't really think it was all that bad. Uh, I'm now running Windows Seven Pro, which I'm 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 pretty I'm pretty happy with Windows Seven Pro. Is a is a pretty darn good operating system. Yeah, I, I've not yet touched the seven. Yep. Now, if you get the retail version, depending on where you go, you're looking at because I think there's uh, three different versions. There's there's the home version, the pro version, and I think the enterprise version of Windows Seven. You're going to spend anywhere from two hundred to probably four hundred dollars for a single user license with Windows. But there's a way there's there's a way to get around that. Oh, tell me. What I, is that way? Tom? I will tell you. Go to <laughs> either uh like Tiger Direct or Newegg.com and get the OEM version. Yeah, and I'm sure if you look you know, if you look for an OEM version you can you can find some of those OEM versions in the country uh, nearest well, wherever yeah. you're living. Yeah. One one caveat with those OEMs though, Guy. Yeah, go ahead. Well, very often they're tied to, obviously, an OEM, but there's very little when it comes to support on them. And you oh, have to yeah. be a little bit careful because if you if you then try and reinstall it, very often you have to go through a whole process of authorizing that particular, um, that particular license. Well, possibly, but, it, but Microsoft is going to make you do that almost every single... I mean, if you have significant... Now, if, if you're running a Mac like, like I am with this iMac here... You're not going to have a lot in the way of changes because you can't change no, out your no. graphics card. You can't change out your processor. No, but we know we know what Windows like for viruses. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. But I I know that because I had the uh, I had a one terabyte drive in this machine that that just completely crapped out on me about three weeks ago, and right. I had to re- I replaced it with a one point five terabyte drive, and of course because Time Machine doesn't back up. Your uh, boot camp. That's that's a partition. good point. Or the the part the actual virtual box. It the virtual um, yeah partition. It doesn't back it up. That's a good point to make. Oh, you know, I, I probably shouldn't have talked about boot camp yet. Let, let's finish up with uh, with virtual, and then we'll go, then we'll go on to to the next one. Um, you can pick up you can pick up Windows Seven either the Home or the Pro. I would recommend if you're going to get Windows, get the Windows Pro version. It's just better. Uh, for probably somewhere between 130 and 150 dollars is an OEM version. Yeah, and it's the same software. You know, you're just not going to have a real fancy box. It's and you know you'll you'll get probably like a little plastic envelope with some discs in it. But it you know if you need to run Windows, that's the OEM version is probably the better way to go. Absolutely. Now, what other ways are there to run? Well, there's Windows actually a Mac. relatively free way to do it without. Even buying Windows, without and buying, without, without even buying, buying Windows. Windows. That's right. You can no, you like, can go to I like that. <laughs> yeah, me too. You can from Code Weavers. They have a program, or they have two programs. One's called Crossover Mac and Crossover Games. Now, okay. the pro on this is that you don't need a Windows license, and you don't need to reboot or anything like that. The problem, though, is that it, it basically is taking a lot of the call-ups for Windows programs and finding like-minded call-ups that you already have in OS X or the ones that they've installed with Crossover. 
Right. Which means that not all Windows programs are going to work. And I can tell you this from experience. Do they have have some sort of compatibility uh, listing or yes, they do. Like if you go to uh, Code Weaver's website, and you know, I'll, I'll, I don't have it here in front of me. Um, we'll, we'll have a link to it in the show notes. Okay. If you go to Code Weaver's website, they do have a, a compatibility chart, and they've got like three or four different compatibility levels, going from you know platinum or gold, where oh yeah, it runs just great. All the way down to you have got to be friggin' kidding me! <laughs> it's just right. not going okay. to work. And believe me, when this program crashes, oh, it crashes really, really hard. So, so if you've got, let's say, you've got either a game or some piece of software that you really desperately need to run, it might be an idea to go to Code Weavers first and try that out to see whether, um, see whether it actually will run with just the Code Weavers on on if if you're just looking at one piece of software, right? And it's a lot cheaper too. To do. Yeah, it, it's yeah. cheaper than either Fusion or Parallels. Uh, standard price is about forty bucks. Right. Uh, they have a uh, professional version for about seventy bucks that okay. I think passes the, um, the the renewal cost. But it's you know either way, as long if, if Code Weavers can run the software and and you've got either the platinum or or gold in the compatibility chart for that software. Give it a try. Yeah. Yeah. And is there any any other ways that we can run Windows? Well, he says no. He says knowingly. He says knowingly. There <laughs> absolutely is one other way and this way believe me, this is the absolute fastest way to run Windows on a Mac and that's using Apple's boot camp. And so, in fact, to be honest with you, I believe, I'm not sure whether it's still the case, but a few years ago, the fastest machine to run Apple, uh, sorry, to run Windows was in fact an Apple Mac. Yeah, yeah, I remember. It, I remember you, seeing you, that you, story using this method. Yeah, <laughs> and it, it's 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 pretty easy to do. Uh, you go into you, know, you you start up Boot Camp, and it will show you now. Something I should probably mention about Boot Camp: you can't install it and Windows as well on a separate hard drive. It has to use the internal hard drive in whatever machine that you're using that has OS 10 on it. It has okay. to be that. And as a matter of fact, if you think back um, a yeah. few shows ago, we, ha- <laughs> we came up with a, with a couple of interesting ways for somebody. Yeah, let's, let's not revisit that. That's, eh? yeah, no, it's <laughs> that still, gives it's me nightmares. Yeah, me too. So basically you start up boot camp, you, you give it a, a certain amount of, of space on your hard drive you're basically setting up another partition and um before you do which, this which sorry to interrupt you guy which is pretty much what you do with those um virtual um applications as well you still have to allocate a certain amount of room on your hard drive as oh well. yeah, yeah 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 sorry go on no yeah but just make sure that you have before you go through this process especially with boot camp before you go through this process have a full hard backup of everything you have on your computer because messing around with partitions is a great way to turn your beautiful computer into a completely unusable piece of metal and plastic. It certainly is. Yeah. And, and I'll, I must admit that um, I did boot, boot camp along with VirtualBox. I also gave boot camp a try when I first moved over to the Mac. So for me, it was easy because 
I was a complete newbie and everything on the map was new so it was easy for me to, to do a partition without worrying about it too much because I'd have just done a complete reinstall. Right. Now, there are pros and cons to boot camp. Yes. Uh, one, of course, you still need a Windows license. Yes. And in order to use Windows on your Macintosh using Apple's boot camp, you must reboot into Windows, which means that you cannot use OS X at the same time. And you Correct. can't and it's not very easy to share files either. Whereas but, but that's but that's why it's a fast way to run Windows on the Mac, of course. Yeah, because there there's Good. absolutely no other no other overhead. It's just yeah. it's just Windows. But as a, I, and one of the things that I I found was <laughs> you don't tend to just want to run either one OS or the other. You tend to want to run both, and it does seem a bit of a waste of a Mac to be running Windows on it. On its own. <laughs> now, <laughs> now we went down that route to start off with because the girls still had one or two Sims games, which they'd spent quite a lot of money on themselves to, sure. you know, to purchase and buy. So I obviously installed it uh, and so they could still play those games. And eventually it kind of died off and they stopped using them. But, you know, having to boot, you know, shut down and, and reboot into that partition was a pain. And that's when I uh, tried VirtualBox for a, a short while to see whether I could, you know, whether I really needed to, to run Windows on the machine at all. Well, did that work um, well with those games? Well, yeah. No. And it, it didn't because I was struggling a little bit with the um, with the screen size uh, because it was running Windows in a window, uh, and it seemed to be I seemed to be struggling with the the size of the window. But that's that's another story and and one which we basically you know ah, that's it had enough of that game let's move on so that was fine, um, but it, it it did struggle a little bit with the sizing of the windows, um, so obviously the boot camp scenario was the better scenario for us in that in that case yep um now it could have been that one of those other softwares may have that software um may have done a better job but um uh, that's the only reason i i know of the boot camp or i've had a boot camp experience and the virtual box experience but now i don't run windows <laughs> well the last thing i want to mention about boot camp and I, was, I started to talk about it earlier but you know we weren't really at that point yet is that apple's time machine if you're using time machine to back up your Mac, it does not back up the bootcamp partition, which means that if you're using Windows on your Mac and you have software or files or you know something that you really cannot afford to lose, you're going to need a backup solution for your Windows partition on your Mac. So it may require you to actually go in and get yet another hard drive to uh to and then you know use some windows based software to to back up that partition so that you won't lose it absolutely yeah cuz i mean like i was saying i lost my my one my 1 terabyte drive and replaced it Ouch. and Ouch. i used time machine you know it took it about you know a day and yeah. a half <laughs> but yeah. i used yeah. time machine to back everything back up and it was great you know my computer was back up exactly as i had left it except for yes. boot camp. Yes. So yeah, you have to be careful. You some, have to be something careful. and 
One, and one other thing that if you run Windows in any of those methods, other than the crossover, of course, but if you run Windows at all, you have to make sure that you do the normal Windows thing and absolutely keep on top of your updates. Oh, oh, God, yes. And your virus protection as well. I know I yes. use uh, AVG Free because it's free. That's a it's it's a good bit of software actually. You've obviously got a little bit of um, sponsorship there and advertising, but uh, yeah. the free version's a, a, a good version. I, I've often heard people say virus software is no good because by the time the virus, especially these days, it used to be that you know it could catch up fairly quickly. Yeah. But now it seems to be that the virus is out there and it's spread around the world before virus companies can actually um, update their software, know, catch it. But, of course, there's still the old viruses that are out there that you've got to protect yourself against as well. Yeah, And AVG Free is free. Uh, it's a little bit more of a pain in the neck to manage because instead yeah. of just clicking a button and saying update, you actually have to go to their site and download the latest version and then install that, which is kind of a pain in the neck. Um, but because I don't use Boot Camp or Windows – I'm sorry. I, because I don't use Windows all that often – you know, it's it's not that big a deal, except, you know, it just seems like every single time I do go into Windows, I spend like the first 15 to 20 minutes just updating it. <laughs> you know, I'll, sit there, I'll, I'll go yeah. to, uh, yeah. what is yeah. it, Windows, yeah. uh, is it Windows Update? Yes. Okay, yeah, go to Windows Update, it says, you've got, you know, 14 files that you have to update, and then, you know, Probably about half the time you end up having to, to reboot the computer for the for the files to actually load. Though Apple is starting to go through that themselves. As yeah, well. yeah. Let's yeah, let's not just point the fingers at yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, I think that pretty much covers it. Yep. Uh, real quick, uh, let's talk about a, a couple of um, iOS apps that, that we're both enjoying at the moment. Why don't you go ahead, Gaz? Um, yeah, I, I'm <laughs> again. This is there's a free version of this as well as there seems to be with um, uh, a lot of iOS apps. And this one is mainly it's not actually an iPad app, although I do actually play it on the iPad because um, I just double the screen up. But it's called um, Chess with Friends. No, uh, there's a pre- there's a premium version uh, and um, just a, a free version. Obviously, it doesn't you've got advert in the free version which uh, obviously you've got to look at because they've got to pay for their um, their wares um, but the paid app is £1.79 in the UK which I think probably equates to what something like two ninety nine dollars yeah probably I like two ninety nine at the iTunes store but it's, the US it's called site. Chess with Friends and basically you can play chess with pretty much anyone that's got an account and it's pretty neat um, it's pretty <laughs> much it's, it's a little bit like Words with Friends uh, which is the Scrabble-like game. Um, and, yeah, you you get to make your moves, and you can your game can take months, weeks, years. <laughs> so there, there's no, like, there's no like little timer that, that you have nope. to hit before you well, can make I, your next yeah, move. Yeah, I don't know whether it's actually in the paid um, version that you know you can set those up or not, but uh, pretty much in the games that I've got going, there's no we don't put a time limit on it. We just play. And you know, a move. You can have a move a day, a, a move every other day. Um, once you take your move, it then sends the move across the interwebs to the uh, other person, who then sees your move appear on their um, their application in either their iPad, their iPhone, or their iPod Touch, and then they can make their move. Oh, very it's, it's, cool! It's, yeah, it's a neat little game actually. And uh, who makes that? That is from uh, New Toy Inc. Ah, oh, very good. 
the one I have is called Doodle Bowling Pro. Uh, for for some weird reason, I love the the bowling games on both the iPhone and iPad, where you basically you've got the ball in front of you, you're looking down the aisle, the alley. You put your finger on the ball and you flick it and you, you knock things around. So if, if I'm having a really bad day at work, it's like I'm going to just smack the crap out of some pins. So due to Bowling Pro, there's there's like uh, I think there's like 10 different types of lanes. And some of them are, are really, really weird, but just kind of fun to look at. It's okay. by, uh, let me see here. It's by Game, Game, Game Resort, Resort LLC. Yeah. Doodle Bowling Pro. It's $1.99, and it's available for both the iPhone and the iPad, and it's one of those great games that if you buy one, you don't have to buy it for the other. Excellent. Yep. We, we, we like those sorts of developers. We do like those sorts of things. And before we go, I uh, want to say one more time that if you want to come on to the MyMac.com podcast as a listener invite, we would love to to have you on if you've got something that you do with the mac that you really like you know come on on come come on the show and tell us all about it we would love to hear from you anything absolutely anything Anything Anything. you know or a little bit different it just just or just come on and chat mac as a matter of fact tonight we we were supposed to have uh neil wharton on and we were going to talk about a particular subject not going to say what it was and uh, suspense. That's a yeah. I, I screwed up. I screwed up and forgot to tell him the time to come on. So we kind of scrambled and did something else instead. Uh, but hopefully he will be on next week, and you, you will be able to hear the topic that we originally were going to talk about. If you if you want to get a hold of us one more time, I am guy at mymac.com. I am gaz at mymac.com. You can reach me on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash Mac Parrot. Twitter.com forward slash Gazmaz. And of course, Always. feedback at mymac.com. Skype number 703-436-9501. Call it, please. Yeah, please. call the damn number. What's wrong with you people? <laughs> I was being polite. <laughs> well, I'm tired of being polite. <laughs> call the number or I will find you. All right. <laughs> This that I think that's going to do it for tonight. Before I just go up completely off the deep end, and I probably he's really quite nice, listeners. No, I really am. I'm really a sweet guy. I'm I'm six foot six inches of of sugar and candy. <laughs> yeah, right. Three hundred plus pounds of sugar and candy. So <laughs> we love you, long time. We'll see you next week, and hopefully we'll have Neil on. Gaz, thank you so very much for coming thank on you, tonight, guy. Absolutely. We we both love doing this show. See you all next week. Bye. And thank you for listening to the MyMac.com podcast. Please send all feedback to podcast at MyMac.com. Be sure to check out our other shows, including Geekiest Show Ever, My Photo Tech Podcast, Your Own Victory Garden, and Sam's Cool Picks. All available in iTunes. <laughs>